And all the angels stood around about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto God forever and ever. Amen. That's the fullness that is in our Lord Jesus, seated front and center on that throne from whom proceedeth all grace and all glory for all eternity. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. And this is Pastor Ian Golliher. Today we are going to talk about the supernatural Savior. Now, when men talk about a Savior, do we really understand what that requires? Do you realize that we need one who is totally supernatural, much more than just human, not less than God, because he must be equal with God and with men to be a perfect mediator. A mediator is not of one, the Bible says, cannot be just equal to one side or one party, must be equal to both. And for the Lord Jesus to be the surety of the Father the Savior of sinners, he required a divine nature. A Savior also must be sinless. A sinner cannot save sinners. It took one who was spotless, undefiled, harmless. And of course, that is the nature of our Lord Jesus. We need a Savior who is free from death, because we need one who can overcome the power of death. Now, every son of Adam is under the curse and sentence of death. And therefore, the Lord Jesus was born from a virgin without an earthly father. That was the reason for the sinless incarnation of our Lord Jesus, that he may not be under the power of death but have the power to give eternal life. And also, he needed to be eternal without beginning and without end. If he's going to bestow upon his people eternal life, life that will never end. And of course, this is the nature of the Lord Jesus. He was with God from all eternity in the past. He left heaven's glory came down into this world, died, rose again in the power of an endless life, the Bible tells us, uh, that he might be the Savior of men and women who need eternal life. 
And of course, all of that makes him worthy of our worship. You cannot worship something that is imperfect, that is faulty, or that is uh, maybe even sinful or has in the past done wrong. You can only worship a perfect Savior. Now, the Lord Jesus is all of that, and it's wrapped up in this text that we're going to look at today in Colossians chapter 2, verse 10. In him is all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And so please stay tuned with us as we go to our pulpit ministry on this message today, the fullness of God in our Lord Jesus. For the Father. Now this is a big one. Because God planned the gospel. God planned the covenant of grace. God was looking for a man to stand in the gap. He was looking for one who could redeem sinners out of their sins and bring them one day to glory. And three times the father spoke concerning his own son. Three times the audible voice of God the Father was heard. The first one was at Jesus' baptism when he came up out of the waters and the Father's voice was heard. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. The other was his transfiguration when his body glowed and glistened as a noonday sun. And again the Father's voice was heard, This is my beloved Son. The third time that the Lord Jesus was commended by the Father was when the Greeks asked, We would see Jesus. And the Lord began to speak to them about his death. And he began to pray, Father, glorify thy name. And we're told in John's Gospel, chapter 12, then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The Father was pleased with His Son. He was all sufficient for the Father. Now, there are other ways in which the Father demonstrated that he was pleased with his son, not with an audible voice, but with mighty, miraculous power. When our Lord died on the cross, the veil of the temple was torn in two, rent from top to bottom, without human hand, by the power of God, as a declaration that God was pleased with the work of his son in redemption. Then at the resurrection, when the Father raised the Lord Jesus up from the dead, that was the great pronouncement that our Lord Jesus had defeated sin, defeated death, defeated the devil, that he triumphed over enemy, and he was the conqueror, the head of his people. What a great declaration that the Lord Jesus' work was all sufficient. And then his ascension into the Father's right hand where God received him into his holy presence as our Savior. And tonight God is 
delighted with his son. Isn't that good news? He's delighted with his son. As we come to God's house and worship him, that ought to fill our hearts. There ought to be a delight in our souls that our Lord Jesus is our everything. And you must never, never doubt the power of Jesus' name, because the Father has given him a name that is above all names. He's now Lord of Lords and King of Kings. He's all-sufficient for the Father. I move on now to consider that he's all-sufficient for sinners. That baptism where our Lord Jesus came up out of the waters, he had to persuade John the Baptist to baptize him. He said, suffer it to be so now that I might fulfill all righteousness. And that was the mission our Lord was upon. He was conscious that he was doing a work by fulfilling every legal obligation, every ceremony, every command, every will of his Father, that he might obey all things to provide a righteousness that would clothe you and me and all who confess their need of God's salvation. And so when we plead the righteousness of Christ, we are trusting in his Godhood perfections, but also in the earthly works and triumphs of our Lord Jesus in his earthly life, because he obeyed the Father. And that righteousness that he has weaved for us is the fruit of his perfect living. He lived a life that we should have lived, died a death that we should have died. He became obedient unto death. And it's that obedience that produces the white righteousness by which sinners stand in the presence of God. We do not believe for a moment in a works righteousness, that you can keep the Ten Commandments or any one of them for a moment, that you can love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength in a perfect manner that you can keep the law perfectly, that you can turn over a new page and be a new person tomorrow. No, you will stay in that page. Your page will be blotted with all the failures and all the sins of your heart and your life. You need a perfect righteousness. And that's the work of the Lord Jesus for us. His work, of course, is by His blood to cleanse us, and by his righteousness to clothe us. And he is all-sufficient. That's your grounds for salvation tonight. I look at any that may not be converted. You're still a stranger to grace and to God. You're still without salvation. This is the basis on which you come. Believing, accepting, and saying that what Christ accomplished on the cross is sufficient. 
I'm going to try and tell you a story as quickly as I can about a, a man who was converted in Canada on Prince Edward Island. He was a drug addict. He was a hard man. He had tortured his wife, stealing, lying, cheating, just to buy more drugs. But he crossed paths with an evangelist who witnessed to him, prayed with him, picked him up when he was down, gave him food when there was nothing in the house to feed the family, brought him along to hear the gospel. And to make a long story short, there came an evening when that man, Peter Orozco, knocked at the door of the evangelist and he said, I want to be saved. And the evangelist brought him in and sat him down and said to him, so why do you want to be saved? And he said, I need to be saved. I'm a sinner. What makes you think that you can be saved then? And he said to him, you've got a problem. You've got a problem that you don't think that the Lord can save you. You've got a problem. And he left the room and he let him stew. And then he came back and he said, I've got an answer to your problem. God said that Jesus died on the cross, that it was enough. The Lord Jesus himself cried out, it is finished on the cross. It is enough. But is it enough for you? And the man saw the answer to his problem. And God worked salvation in his heart. He was saved. You can listen to that full testimony on Sermon Audio, Columbia FPC, where the Reverend Wagner preached. It's still online. It's a tremendous story. And the way that evangelist dealt with that seeker of salvation was wise. He needed to see that he had to have confidence and faith that what Christ did for him is enough. And that's the only way you can be saved. And if you think that you can in any way profess faith but add to it with your own works or your own abilities, your own religion, then you're saying it's not enough. What Christ accomplished in his life and death is almighty, all-sufficient. It's also all-sufficient for saints. So it's all-sufficient for the Father, all-sufficient for sinners. He's all-sufficient for saints. Now that you're a Christian, now that you have professed faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, how are you going to fare from day to day? And indeed, how are you now going to prepare for the judgment day? You know that by yourself, you would be lost, you would be condemned. But having Christ as your Savior, will He be all-sufficient? 
Let's go back to our text now. Let's go to Colossians 2 and verse 9. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him. Now Paul is speaking or writing here to the saints, the faithful brethren in Christ who are at Colossae. Now let's make that to the saints at Enniskillen tonight. To those who profess faith in the finished work of the Lord Jesus. The Bible says that you are complete in him. And that little Greek preposition in is all important. United to him. Joined to him. By faith. By a spiritual union. You are complete. Young's literal translation of the Bible states, and ye are made full. It could be crammed full. There's no more that God can give. There's no greater supply. Yes, the Lord Jesus is all sufficient for you in your Christian living. In a far greater manner, by virtue of our union with Christ, as He is, so are we now. Now. And I want to emphasize that now. Would you turn with me to 1 John chapter 4 and verse 17? 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world, now, tonight, while we breathe, while we eat and sleep and go about our daily work while we face the trials and the troubles of life, while we stand at a graveside and weep with the bereaved, while we visit the sick in the hospital and the sorrow and the, and the, and the anguish that they go through, or that phone call with the news that breaks your heart, in those times, at all times, the Lord Jesus is all-sufficient for you and for me. And this text clearly declares the oneness that we have in Christ Jesus. All that He is, we have. We are joint heirs. He is our elder brother. We are in the family. We are united to the Lord Jesus. And so now we must grasp that we are married by faith to an almighty king. Think of a young pauper girl marrying a prince. What a wonderful day when he proposes that she become his wife. She will not only be 
a married woman, but she will become partner to all the life of the prince, brought out of her poverty, her nothingness, into a whole new status in life. As Christians, Christ is our groom and we are his bride, and we are brought into union with the King of Kings, the one who is almighty, all-sufficient. There is no lack of supply, no lack of love. Do you know anything of Jesus' love burning in your heart? Are we not praying that God's people will get the heartburn of Christian living? Is this not something that you have enjoyed from time to time? Is this not something that has thrilled your soul, the heartburn of the living Savior in you? You were then rich indeed. And so the question is simply this. Are you in union with Christ? All believers in Christ are. And so if you answer yes, then you are full. You are complete in Him. There's nothing more available for you. He's all-sufficient. And we now must claim Him, enjoy Him, and live not as a whirling, but as wedded to the Lord of glory. Don't lower your standard. Don't lower your rejoicing but rejoice in Him. A final thought tonight. Our Lord Jesus is and will forever be sufficient for the hosts of heaven. When I go to the book of Revelation, I read of the angels, the cherubims, the living creatures gathering around the throne, and then the saints, all gathered around in a circle around that throne in heaven. And they sing. And all the angels stood around about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto God forever." And ever. Amen. That's the fullness that is in our Lord Jesus, seated front and center on that throne, from whom proceedeth all grace and all glory for all eternity. Are you glad tonight? That in the wonder of the incarnation, God compressed all the fullness of the Trinity into that human body of our Lord Jesus. Are you glad that this is Christian doctrine? That we are living out the supernatural of the God-man? Are you glad tonight that by faith that you are married? 
to the Lord and united to him. That he is your Lord and Savior. Are you glad that you are complete in him? And don't let anyone say anything else. You are complete in him. How wonderful then to be a Christian. How wonderful to be a child of God. Never despise your union with the Lord Jesus. And as Dr. Douglas exhorted us, we're going to read those few verses, Colossians 2, 6 to 10. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Please read on. Keep reading on. And may these things thrill your heart tonight and in the days to come. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the listening to Let the Bible Speak, and I hope that you will take heed today and let nothing spoil you or your view of the Son of God. In this world, little is made of the Lord Jesus, and he is trampled under feet by many. He is despised and rejected, but to those who believe he is the Son of God, He's the power of God, and he is the good pleasure of God. And I call you to trust in the Lord Jesus. Let nothing, let no one hinder you from becoming a Christian. But give your heart, give your soul to the Lord Jesus as your Savior. And of course, I will be glad to help you if you wish to give me a call or ask for the booklet A New Beginning, we will take delight in your salvation. Just check the website, ltbs.ca. Thank you for listening today. This broadcast comes to you today from the Free Presbyterian Church in Cloverdale, located at 187-90-58 Avenue, Surrey, at the corner of 188th Street and 58th Avenue, On our website you can find gospel articles, links to our sermons and our gospel booklet called A New Beginning. There you can find a link to our Sunday services that are broadcast online.
For all this information, please go to our website at cloverdealfpc.ca. You're warmly invited to attend any of our Sunday services at 10.30am and 6pm to meet with us as we worship God and to hear the preaching of His precious Word. We also meet for Bible study and prayer at 7.30pm every Wednesday evening. Our Sunday School for Children and Adult Bible Class meet every Lord's Day from September to June at 9.30am. You can contact us using our office number which is 604-576-1091. Alternatively, you can email me at pastor.cloverdealfpc at gmail.com. Again, for all this information, please go to our website at cloverdealfpc.ca. Our burden is that you will hear and understand the gospel that will lead you to know the Lord Jesus Christ and his great salvation. And this is Pastor Andrew Fitton. Thank you for listening today. And be sure to listen Monday to Friday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. and on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. on this station for our full or church service as we worship the Lord through the ministry of his word. <laughs>